Welcome to Evidence Space Mommy. I'm your host, Dr. Samantha Radford, and I'm here to combine science and wellness to help parents and kids thrive. Hey everyone. So I thought we would just jump straight in with the first like quote unquote real episode here with something super controversial. Why not? Um, so we're going to be talking about bed sharing today. So bed sharing with your baby before the first year. Of course, we're told often by our doctors and our pediatricians, do not sleep with your baby no matter what. And while that is the common thing that we're told in the States and in many Western countries, that's not how people do it in most of the world. And there's actually some evidence that perhaps that's not the best thing. So with that said, I wanted to give some evidence as to why bed sharing might be okay, depending on the circumstances, and why it could actually be helpful for a lot of reasons. So just for some background, when I first came home with my first daughter, of course, you know, I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, My husband and I had made this beautiful nursery for my baby girl, so it was purple and green and white and just lovely. It had her crib. It had her little dresser. It was super sweet. And of course we thought, you know, that we would take our sleeping baby, place her in her crib. She would stay in there and sleep and we would come and get her in the morning and it would be all coos and giggles and sweetness. And obviously that's not how it happened. So the first few weeks weren't too bad. We did have a little bassinet set up for her in our room. So we did keep her in our room those first few weeks in a little bassinet near us. And with those first few weeks, I was just like so in love with my brand new baby girl. And I was so excited to have her that I was totally fine waking up for those night feedings. So I would get up, I would go to my glider and sit with her in my lap and we would nurse, and it was great. And even during those first few weeks, you know, my husband was super excited too. So he would he would wake up, we would talk to each other. Um, that was back. That was back when Glee was kind of on its downward thing. I remember reading about Corey Monteith, like at you know six a.m., three a.m., something like that, and being really sad nursing my baby. But It was because my husband told me about it because he would wake up with me too. And he could do that because he had the first few weeks um, off before he had to go back to work. But of course, that did not work for us forever. My husband had to go back to work first for a few weeks before I did. And of course, he couldn't stay up the way that he used to. And so it was really a problem because I needed to nurse my baby. The glider was in our room. I didn't want to wake him up with her, and she would not go back to sleep. I could maybe get her back to sleep on the breast, but then if I tried to put her down, she would wake back up and start crying. And there would be times, oh my gosh, I spent hours, like, bouncing her, you know, right outside her room, swaying her, trying to sing to her, doing all this stuff. And she would sleep in my arms, but if I put her down, she would start fussing. So, like, this clearly wasn't going to work. On top of that, it was getting near the six-week mark, and I had to go back to work, and I had to sleep, too. 
So what I did at first, we had a guest room and because I was afraid to have my baby sleeping with the two of us. And so I started going to our guest room with her. So I would fall asleep um, with her beside me in the guest room. And that was working. And we were kind of nervous, but we that's just kind of what we had to do. And so anyways, all that to say, eventually I did more research and found that actually, yeah, we can do this safely. We found ways to make this work for us. And so I just wanted to share that with you to share how we made bed sharing work for us and how we kept it safe. So just a few things before I get started, I just want to have a few disclaimers. You really should only bed share with your baby if you are exclusively breastfeeding because that changes some hormones um, and how easily you wake up to your baby. We'll talk more about that later. Whatever you do, you need to make sure that you do not fall asleep with your baby either on a sofa or in a glider or rocking chair or whatever. You are better off accidentally falling asleep on a flat surface like your bed with your child than you are trying really hard to stay awake and falling asleep in a recliner with your baby. And again, we'll talk lots more about that here. And last thing, of course, if you're under the influence of drugs or alcohol, don't ever bed share with your baby. And smoking. If you're smoking, don't bed share with your baby because that greatly increases the risks for SIDS. I want to talk first about why co-sleeping is important before we talk about how to keep it safe. So we're primates and primates tend to sleep with their mothers. So I can, I actually vividly remember we went to the zoo a couple years ago and I think, I think it was the orangutans, but there was <laughs> an ape and she was clearly trying to get her baby to take a nap. And like the, the ape tried to, the baby like tried to wander off and she like grabbed him and dragged him back and wrapped her up, wrapped it up with her arm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I <laughs> have done that so many times. Like, no, we're going to sleep right now. Stay here. And it was just so familiar. But I mean, think about it. You know, your baby lived inside you for the first nine-ish months of their life. They were literally right there. They heard your heart pumping all the time. They heard you breathing. They felt your warmth. You were just right there with them. And there's a lot that goes on to actually regulate your baby's physiology while they're in in utero. So things like their own heart rate and all of that is regulated by being close to you. And part of us, you know, walking upright, you may have heard, means that our babies tend to be born earlier than what they would be, like if we were on all fours. So their brains are less developed than what would be ideal. And that's kind of the sacrifice we have to make to be able to have the hips that allow us to walk upright. So with that said, with our babies having that more immature brain, They also have a lot of things that are more immature as far as regulating body systems. So things like regulating their breathing pattern, regulating their body temperature, their heart rate, all these things are not well regulated by the baby's brain and body on its own. But what really helps is for a child to be skin to skin or in close contact 
with someone else, you know, ideally the mother. That really helps co-regulate a lot of these systems. And that is part of why we have evolved to sleep with our babies. And then another thing to keep in mind, because, you know, we're all told don't ever, ever, ever sleep with your baby. And we're all probably terrified. You know, I remember being really scared about it when um, I was pregnant with my first child. But the thing about it is, is that a lot of people do it because you cannot imagine the exhaustion. And if you're there right now, you know, you can't imagine the exhaustion you have from having a newborn until you have one yourself. Whether you're formula feeding or breastfeeding, your baby's going to wake up during the night, almost certainly. You're going to have to find a way to work around it. You know, they tell you to sleep when the baby sleeps, nap when the baby naps, fold laundry when the baby folds laundry. Um, (laughs) It's, despite being told that, it's like, well, that's cute, but my baby sleeps for 45 minutes at a time and falls asleep every hour and a half. Like, what am I... What am I supposed to do? I My sleep patterns are not like that. Mine are consolidated. And so what we found is there is a researcher named Dr. Kathleen Kendall Tackett. She is a maternal child sleep expert. And she says that this is true for a lot of people, that babies often start the night in their own room or in their own crib. You know, whether it's in the nursery or in their parents' room, they'll start the night in a crib like we're quote-unquote supposed to do but somewhere in the middle of the night over half of babies regardless of their age within that first year end up in bed with us honestly it reminds me this and of course this will sound like a little crude but you know we had the problem say in like the late 90s or so of and we still have it but abstinence only education you know that the safe sex practices that we were taught in high school were just don't do it and then that way you won't have to worry about any of the problems that come with it but let's be real um I had that education in my high school and let me tell you how many young women ended up getting pregnant either in high school or right after high school because you know we weren't taught ways to actually like handle urges appropriately and you know, use condoms and all that kind of stuff. It's honestly the same thing to me. Like you can tell people don't sleep with your baby. But the thing is, it's going to happen anyways. Research has shown it happens anyways. Of course, we know why they say not to. You've seen like these horrifying billboards that'll show a baby in their crib and there's this like giant knife beside them and it says you wouldn't let your baby sleep with a knife. So why would you sleep with him in your bed? And, of course, you know, the biggest worry is SIDS. We're afraid of the idea of our children somehow suffocating in bed with us. Now, with that said, there is the caveat that SIDS and suffocation are two different things. We still don't entirely know what causes SIDS. It's just, it's called sudden infant death death syndrome. And the whole point is we don't know what makes it happen, right? We're starting to think that there might be some genes associated with it. But that's just like very cutting edge research. That's not the same thing as suffocation, which, you know, we can put clear links between suffocation and, you know, like an actual cause and effect type thing. Often it's not truly bed sharing that is associated with 
a baby suffocation, which of course is awful and tragic and God forbid, you know, that that happens for any of us. But the thing is, it's not bed sharing that's usually associated. What it usually is, is co-sleeping in another piece of furniture. So for example, if you get up, you know, in the middle of the night to nurse your baby or give her a bottle or whatever it is, you know, sometimes you're, you think, okay, well, what I'll do is I will just lay down on the couch with her. So that way, like, I don't fall asleep, but I'll get some rest. And that's where the problem is because, you know, sofas and recliners and gliders and all those kinds of furniture have a lot of little nooks and crannies that, you know, a baby can get entrapped in. And that's where the real problem is. And that's, that's what I really hate about the advice of just never, ever sleep with your baby is I am afraid that there are people who have that intention. They intend to not sleep with their babies. So they do the substitute of, well, I'm just going to be in the armchair with my child. And that's when tragedy strikes. Whereas if maybe if they had been taught, oh, it's safer to be on a flat surface with my child, maybe things would have turned out okay. And the other problem is this. So I was actually just recently at a virtual conference where they were talking about safe bed sharing and SIDS and all that kind of thing. And a lot of the older pediatricians, you know, they kept going back to never ever bed share, you know, they and they started giving statistics about the um, comorbidity of co-sleeping and SIDS. They were saying, you know, that co-sleeping causes SIDS, so you just never want to do it. And then a lactation consultant who also was a pediatrician, you know, stepped up and she talked about you know, the side of actually it can be safer to bed share and he, here's the reasons why. And one thing that really bothers me is as far as the scientific literature that, you know, the older people were su- using to support their argument is that there's not a lot of parsing out. Like if they're looking at co-sleeping, they're not looking at what else is going on with it. They're not looking at, you know, was the parent smoking was there alcohol involved? They weren't looking, and this is the biggest thing to me, again, they weren't looking to see, you know, was this person in a recliner or a sofa or were they on a bed? And so we don't have the information, like as far as the scientific observations and evidence and analysis to be able to really parse out the difference with true bed sharing versus co-sleeping on another surface. So with that said, if you are just like so exhausted that you're afraid you'll fall asleep with your baby, you're better off. And in fact, now um, the American Academy of Pediatrics says this too. But if you're so exhausted that you're afraid you'll fall asleep with your baby, you are better off getting on a flat surface like a nice firm mattress and sleeping there. Now, with that said, you know, I just mentioned the thing about the nice firm mattress. There are some things to keep in mind with bed sharing. You don't want a really fluffy mattress. You don't want, you know, like a memory foam or a pillow top mattress or something like that for bed sharing with your baby. In addition, you want to keep comforters away from you. So if you have like a big, thick, fluffy comforter, you don't need that. In fact, you know, the recommendation is to not have a pillow 
in bed with you or maybe even not even have any sheets at all. So what you can do is make sure that you're wearing, if you need long sleeve pajamas to make sure that you stay warm, you know, do that, um, pajama pants, whatever it is to keep you cozy. And then, you know, you kind of make up your, what you need as far as a pillow. You can sleep without a pillow and then have a nice firm mattress. Um, another thing to keep in mind is make sure that you don't have either pets or like an older sibling in bed with you and your baby because they're not going to have the same awareness as you would. But the thing is, there's lots of other benefits to co-sleeping besides just, you know, the fact that your baby is all cute and cuddly, which we all love. Like, let's be real, cute, cuddly babies in the morning are, are the best. But one of the things besides that and all the body co-regulation of systems that we talked about with heart rate and temperature and all that is that actually moms who co-sleep will get more sleep. So what can happen with that, particularly if you're breastfeeding, is that you'll be laying with your baby, your baby's asleep, you're ideally in a side-lying position kind of cuddled up like they call it the C-curl or the cuddle curl with your baby. And then your baby will start to wake up, but they won't have to get like really upset and really riled up and crying a whole lot because you're right beside them. So you notice just as soon as they start to wake up, you can kind of lean over and nurse in a sideline position, which by the way, is my favorite position for nursing. And then you can just both fall back asleep. Like honestly, you could probably fall asleep while nursing. Sometimes your baby can definitely fall asleep while nursing. And it just works out perfectly. And with that said, co-sleeping like this really helps you meet your breastfeeding goals. So these co-sleeping babies spend more time nursing at night, but it helps them ramp up the nursing, the milk supply in moms because that is when your prolactin is highest. So it keeps your breast milk supply up. It um, helps you not just give up because you're so exhausted. And with that said, um, breastfeeding is also associated with a reduction in SIDS. So you're reducing your baby's chances for SIDS by increasing your breastfeeding success, which is great. And of course, like I said, you get to wake up beside your baby, which there's really just nothing like waking up to their cute little gummy smiles in the morning. We've already talked some about keeping bed sharing safe with a firm, firm surface. There's a few other ways you can do it. So Leleche League has put out a guide called the Safe Sleep 7, which is really helpful. Leleche League is an international breastfeeding support group that is just absolutely fantastic. Here's what all they recommend to keep bed sharing safe. So first of all, do not smoke. So whether... You're in bed or not, if you are a smoker, you do not need to bed share. So that's just the rules. Because even, you know, of course they found a while ago that secondhand smoke is very dangerous. But even what they call thirdhand smoke is dangerous. So thirdhand smoke is like, you know how when someone went outside to smoke and they come back and like even though they're done, like the their coat or whatever they're wearing still kind of has that lingering smell. And that's third-hand smoke. And you're just going to have that if you smoke. That's just part of it. Um, so it's 
very unsafe to bed share in that situation. Along the same lines, of course, do not bed share with your baby if you've had any alcohol or other mind-altering drugs. Part of what makes bed sharing safer is if you're able to rouse easily to wake up. That's not going to work well if you have been drugged in some way. It's also best if you have been exclusively breastfeeding. So that changes your hormone levels to where you wake up more easily whenever your baby starts to rustle around. And the other thing is it helps you stay in a better position with your baby. Breastfeeding babies tend to, when they fall asleep with their mothers, they tend to fall asleep with their heads at breast height. That makes sense because that's where they want to be. Formula feeding mothers, if they're not taught otherwise, tend to be more likely to try to fall asleep like face-to-face with their baby with their head farther up. So if you're sleeping with a pillow, that's a lot more dangerous. And like I said, you don't have quite the same hormone situation going on then, so you're less likely to rouse to your baby. That's one thing to kind of keep in mind. If your baby is premature, you should not co-sleep with them. In that case, you're better off. And even even if they're not premature, if this makes you more comfortable, definitely go for it. Getting a bassinet that stays right beside your bed so that, you know, you could just get them out, feed them, and then put them back in the bassinet. That would be, you know, a better alternative. It's something you might be more comfortable with. Your baby should sleep on their back. They might end up on their side because what will often happen is they will roll over towards you to nurse. They'll nurse and then they'll fall asleep and they might either stay cuddled up, like I said, on their little side beside you, or they might just roll back, you know, onto their back again afterwards. But that's the way they need to sleep. So whether they're in a crib or with you, back is best, just like you've been told. Make sure your baby doesn't overheat. So, because that's another risk factor for SIDS. So, you know, if you think that you're keeping a top sheet, like I said, no comforters, no really heavy blankets. But if you choose to go with a top sheet, you might want to make sure that your baby has more lightweight jammies so that they don't get overheated. Um, You might want to try some little sleep sacks for them. But don't swaddle your baby if you're bed sharing because part of what helps you, you know, wake up with your baby as well is they'll start kind of stirring around and petting at you with their little hand, which is super cute. But if they're swaddled, they can't do that. So make sure that you don't have your baby swaddled with their arms, you know, entrapped if they're going to bed share with you. And then finally, like I said, a sleep a safe surface for your baby to sleep on. So this needs to be a firm mattress or even the floor. Ideally, you could take your bed off of its frame and just have it directly on the floor because it doesn't matter as much when they're tiny, tiny. But once they get to like eight-ish months, you know, seven, eight months, and they're starting to crawl around, they might, you might be tired and they just crawl over you and crash onto the floor. We don't want that. So on the floor would be best. Now, with that said, if you feel nervous about bed sharing, which I totally get, you know, with the way that we've been taught that it's always, always bad, of course you'd be nervous about it. 
Um, there's nothing wrong with having a bassinet. In fact, that's a great option to have a bassinet in your room, just basically right beside your bed so that you can get your baby, nurse them, and then put them back in their little surface. You just do research and do what works best for you and your family. Okay. And if you still are kind of nervous about breastfeeding, you're worried whether or not you're going to do it right. Make sure that you grab my free resource. It's called Breastfeeding 101. So I'll have a link to that in the show notes below. And thank you so much for listening. 